Hello. Hello. Welcome back. Welcome back, indeed. It's been uh, it's been a while. I think it's been like a solid month. It has been, but to our credit, it's because we had to watch an entire season of a show. Yeah, and like do life things. And do life things. I would say. Um, but I'm I'm thrilled to be recording. Ah, as am I. Uh, this is Pop Goes the Weasels podcast. It is indeed. episode. Five. 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 And what do we do this time? This time we watched Night Court. That's right. This was one of my picks. This was one of your picks. Show that I loved as a child. Um, up into, I think the it ended. I think I want to say like ninety two. Correct. So it ended right as I was in like seventh or eighth grade. Like it was still such a big part of my life all my childhood though. <laughs> It was. I loved the show so much, and I actually used to have like this uh, this shitty little audio recorder uh, that I would hold up to the uh, the TV, and I duct taped it to where the sound came out of my <laughs> little thing to record episodes on tape of Night Court to listen to when I was falling asleep. So it was like an audio book. It was, it was like a radio a, play. It was a radio play. Nice. And you do like radio plays generally, though. I do. I do. And Night Court was not meant to be a radio play, but man, was it a good one. Yeah. And it was – yeah. What did you think of it, though? Because I know I loved it. So first, should we talk about the premise? Do I talk about it or do you talk about it? You you, you give me your breakdown oh, yeah. of Night Court. My synopsis. Um, well, let me first start by saying that this pick was a very long time coming uh, in that – I know how much you love the show, and when we first started talking about this podcast and we were trying to think about, like, things we should watch, and you were like, oh, Night Court was so good. Oh, yeah. And honestly, my only knowledge of it was I had two frames of reference, points of reference okay. for Night Court. One was seeing commercials for it on Nick at Night. Oh, okay. But – and then I was trying to think of, like, the timing of that, like, when that might have been because – I was definitely a little – and, like, what was I watching on Nick at Night, I wonder? Well, there's so many good things. I know, but I wasn't alive when the – you know, like, it's just weird that as a little kid I would oh, have been yeah. watching Nick at Night. Or maybe I was watching Nickelodeon and, like, when it was shifting over to Nick at Night because they used to be, like, one channel maybe. Ah, right after even, Clarissa explains it all. It was, and, yeah, probably. I, right. But it definitely switched to Nick at Night after um, – what was it called? Snick? Oh, yeah, Snick. That was, like, the teens. Yeah, like, teen the Saturday night. night Right. Shows. And again, this is all secondhand knowledge for me because as I had said in a previous podcast, we did you not didn't have, have Nickelodeon. We didn't have Nickelodeon. We didn't have MTV. Right. We didn't have Nickelodeon. We didn't have shit. <laughs> we had Cal Worthington commercials. I have no idea what that is. Go see Cal. Go see Cal. Go see Cal. He, he was a car dealer guy in um, Sacramento, I think. Mm. Uh, fun fact, uh, that Go See Cal commercial, I'll pull that up at some point so you can see it. He always had his dog spot at the end of it. Okay. Spot was never a dog. Sometimes it was a monkey. Sometimes it was a giraffe. Sometimes it was an elephant. Sometimes I like Cal it was a, a lot. Yeah, Cal was the man. So it, it, the song, theme song at the end of it was Go See Cal, Go See Cal, Go See Cal. Uh-huh. My entire childhood, before, before I even knew this was a slang for anything, I could have swore that he was saying Pussy Cow, Pussy Cow, Pussy Cow. Is Pussy Cow a euphemism? No, but Pussy is. And I didn't know that as a <laughs> <Thank> child. <you. laughs> right. No, I'm sorry. I had to explain that to you. <laughs> to your virgin ears. Um, yeah, apparently it means dogs. and uh, not Dogs that aren't dogs. It means uh, monkeys called dog spot. Pussy Cow. Wait, so did the other animals that weren't dogs, did they have a spot? No, that was kind of the joke. It's like, mm. come down and see me and my dog spot. And it was always – he would have, like, a bear in the car with him. No, I get, the, I get the joke, but it would have been funnier if, like, each animal had had, like, a polka dot. Like a spot? Yeah, I, not only because I like ooh, polka dots. I don't remember them having them. Mm, they Maybe probably they didn't. Did. Maybe they did. It's also, like, that commercial I've been trying to find forever, the the uh, the uh, round table one, where where it's they're, – they're, uh, they're trick-or-treating and it's like, oh, it's a cute little princess. Oh, you're, what a cute little cowboy and what a cute little – I'm a cute little clove of garlic. <laughs> I've been trying to find a copy of that commercial. For three years. You have. Solid. Yeah. Solid. No, you. when we went down to the Gyora Garlic Festival, which, what a snooze fest. Total miss. Oh. The, I'm happy to go on record saying what a 
bullshit adventure that was. Yeah, fuck the Gilroy Garlic Festival. But you Anyways. were continuing to say all day, I'll kill a clove of garlic. I want to kill a clove of garlic. And yeah. I love it. I love that was the best part. Though, right. the other really good part of that day was when you big time salvaged the situation. You were like, hey, I think we're close to the outlet mall. Oh, yeah. That's how much I hated the Gilroy Garlic Festival. I know. I would rather go to the outlet mall with you. With and, me. And go to like whatever bullshit stores we went to. We went to Le Creuset. We did go to Le Creuset. I would rather do that. I would rather go outlet mall shopping with you for hours on end (laughs) than spend one more minute at the Gilroy Garlic Festival. It is a giant piece of shit. I just kept wondering where the festival was. Like it was just like creepo, like like carnies selling weird shit and food and then like Boost Mobile giving away like magnets. Right. And even the food there, it was just like normal food. They just put a shit ton of garlic in it. And they're just like, oh, oh it's our garlic extravaganza or whatever. Right. And it's like, no, the, you just, it's, a, it's a hot dog with a bunch of garlic on it. Right. Or garlic ice cream. No, it's vanilla ice cream. With you, garlic in You it. put garlic in. Right. Correct. And what kind of, and it wasn't even a festival. They were selling hot tubs and shit. It was so weird. And it was so like, dumb. And it it's been like, going on and people are obsessed with it. People go every, people get fucking cranked over the Gilroy cranked. Garlic Festival. Yeah. And it's a giant piece of shit. I would love to know what the appeal is. Like, maybe we just missed it. Yeah, they had cooking demonstrations, but like. After we got there, I honestly thought we were being trolled. I didn't know. It was, it was very, it was really a lot. It was a lot of like tie dye being sold. It was like right. it was like from every fair. It was, it was tie dye, tie dye, and turquoise jewelry in the middle, and then like banners and flags. And yeah, stuff. I was gonna say like kites and flags and like lawn decorations, but not like garlic related. No, there weren't like there weren't like turquoise garlic rings. There were like or like there weren't yeah. banners Which, of like, garlic. Might be something I would buy. I would rock the shit out of a turquoise garlic <laughs> brooch. Like I would put it on, and it would be awesome. It would be awesome. So That's true. I I will say about the Gilroy Garlic Festival, which is so related to Night Court. Um, oh yeah, Night Court. That, we, <laughs> that the best part were all these cute little old ladies in these like bonnets they made to look like garlic that had all these pins. That, that was pretty cute. That was pretty cute. The paella I had was delicious. I don't believe that I had to do the paella because oh, I had fish in it. You had a bite, but I had yeah. a bite. Yeah, I was into it. You were not. No, no, but. Yeah. And uh, the lines were so long. <laughs> it was were. so hot. And we ended up parking like five miles away and it was the parking lot was done by like 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 teenagers, but not like adept teenagers, like no, shitty teenagers that didn't want to be there. Incompetent, idiotic teenagers who would just like uh, like sullenly like sulk and sort of wave you to an area so it was just cars left all over this field. Right. But just, like hundreds of cars. Hundreds of cars, but like like, with rows blocked in. Yeah, exactly. And we then, were very nervous about getting out. It was fine. Yeah. Well, and then that then you park just willy-nilly wherever some like, hormonal asshole is telling you to maybe park. Yeah. And then they just wander away. And then you just follow other people who, I guess, know the haps. And load onto a bus. Load onto a bus. And it doesn't say you're going to the garlic festival. No. No. There are no signs. No. And the general <laughs> age of the people there, I thought that maybe it was, like, we had stumbled upon like a senior care facility day trip. God, I feel like it was like people of all walks and in ah, times of life. It was I, wild. To I me. just remember it felt like Wilford Bremley was the guy sitting in front of it. Like everybody there looked really, really old. It looked, yeah. Everybody was, it was like Cocoon cosplay or something. I do like the movie Cocoon. We should watch that. We should watch that one. Um, the other thing I really liked when we were sitting on the bus and we had no clue where it was going is that you just kept looking out the window and looking at me and like not looking like panicked or even stressed, but you looked like resigned and you just kept saying like, well, I guess we're Gilroy people now. Like yeah. we had no idea where we were going. Right. Well, I think that's how the entire town of Gilroy was probably founded. Like nobody knew where they were going and they're like, ah, we're, Whatever. we're here. Who cares? It is pretty kind of. Yeah. I mean, Yeah. Yeah. I took more of a spin around Gilroy when I was going down to Monterey with Madeline, and uh, our car had literally a five-mile radius when we finally got gas, and it was 113 degrees. Oh, yeah. It was something. Yeah, Gilroy has got heat, meth, and garlic. I bet there's meth-flavored garlic. (laughs) It's like that cookbook that we have, Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So it was Night Court. So Night Court. Okay, so... Okay, so you used to record it, old yeah. commercials. 
Um, so yeah, so I just remember there being commercials for Night Court. And then right. my other point of reference was the episode of 30 Rock. Oh, yeah. Where Kenneth was dying to do a night court reunion. Right. It was going to be the the final marriage that we never got to see. Exactly. Right. In, do, in actually trying to do some real academic research for this episode to make up for the fact that we haven't recorded in a month, I definitely did some – I did some ruining for myself, unfortunately. Oh. Some spoilers. From but, future episodes. Yeah. But yeah. then it's also like what is the statute of limitations on – Spoiler alerts. I think, like, two years is generous. Oh, yeah. And the show's been off the air for decades. For nearly 30. Yeah. So I don't feel like it's – I think that's okay that it was ruined for me, which reminds me of my campaign to get you to watch West Wing, even though you know a spoiler about it. Oh, yeah. So I was so into West Wing, and then I found out that – that uh, Leo. That Leo dies. Yeah. And that really, really – I was legit – more upset about finding out that Leo died mm-hmm. than, like, if an actual White House staffer would have died. Well, currently, I'd celebrate, so. Well, yeah, I mean, if, um, if that well, was that. And then they... <laughs> Ooh, that got dark for a minute. <laughs> they, they wrote in that he died because the actor died. Right. It's crazy. Right, which makes it that much worse. Right. But so, it's a bummer that it got spoiled for you, but it's still just so worth watching. But, oh, oh. <laughs> that, Our cat is trying to be uh, the sound engineer, yeah. which is helpful, except it's not. It's not at all helpful. I will say, though, that that was, that was a great unintentional segue into uh, people dying on the show because Night Court itself had kind of a little curse going on. Read all about it. We'll get into that. Okay. So uh, those are my two points of reference going in. Okay. I knew how much you wanted to watch this show. Oh, yeah. And so we'd looked on streaming. We'd looked, you know, to to watch, to stream the show somewhere. Right. And it was impossible. So could not find it. Could not find it. And so I bought you mm-hmm. Night Court on DVD, like That's a right. dead technology, dead video discs. Yep. I believe is what it Three stands for. Full seasons of it. And I didn't just buy you one because I'm terrible at moderation. I bought you three seasons. Yes. But it's been a but there are nine seasons of it. Oh yeah. So the premise of the show, I guess however many minutes in I can tell you what, <laughs> what we watched and what it's about. Uh it ran from nineteen eighty four to nineteen ninety two and it was about a just cast of wacky characters who work at a court that is open at night in New York City Yeah, in the 80s. Yeah. It's such a simple premise. It really is. And I I, I love a good sitcom. I, I, I love that it's predictable. Mm-hmm. I love that, like, things might get, like, kind of serious, but not that serious. Yeah. It's all wrapped up. There's usually some sort of moral, morally element like lessony from from the episodes of Night Court. So I want to get into that. Okay. Because in all of my research, again, research with air quotes, kept talking about how Night Court prided itself on not doing like heavy moral episodes, which I thought was so surprising because the first season, like there were tons of them. Right. And maybe that's kind of why they shifted. Because yeah. So, but it's just weird that they would keep saying that, and that was like one of the things I wanted to talk about about just, that show. It was just kind of a good time show, and like I guess it becomes that. But again, this is my only point of reference, and so like yeah. for me, it was like the first season was like there were really like funny, silly episodes, but like I thought they were actually all like not darker, but like had some more serious tones. Either intentionally, yeah. like I think it was what like the third episode had a very, very, very young Michael J. Fox. Oh yeah, that uh, was that third episode. It was earlier. It was on. early on. No, it was the second episode. It was the second episode because they did the second episode as a Christmas episode, which I also oh, found to be an extremely yes. ballsy move that I can really get behind. I love That's a good right. holiday. There episode. was a, yeah, a really young Michael J. Fox. Who? Let's be fair though, Michael J. Fox looks perpetually twenty. Yes, when he was sixteen. Or whatever, he looked 20. When he's, what, like 60 now? He kind of looks 20. But Shakier, but 20. Yikes. Still looks 20. Um, But I think he was literally like 
15 playing like a 13-year-old in this. I did not double check those numbers, but he's supposed yeah. to play a young kid. Yeah. Anyway, but it's like a really moral episode and like it's really emotional and how he his family he doesn't think his family loves him and then and then the judge, the main character, Harry, is talking is like telling him he loves him and hugging him. It was heavy. Yeah, and Santa Claus was in it. Yes, yeah, well, sort Claus. of. I mean it was a, a drunk, crazy vagrant who believed he was Santa Claus. But kind of pulled some Santa-like knowledge out of his sack. He was pretty Santa Clausy. He was pretty great. So, um, so that's the premise of the show. It's not all Santa Claus and Michael J. Fox. No, it's one episode, wacky right. cast of characters in a court that operates in the nighttime, and so, so it's like it's a bailiff. So the bail. Okay, there's two bailiffs. There's Bull Shannon, Ugh. who's Richard Mull, who is just the Delightful. best. He is the best. He's in, he's made he's showed up as a character actor kind of in so many different movies and does so much voice work. But Richard Mole is really just just the bee's knees. He's dynamite. That is awesome. Another one on there. Okay, so it's him and then Flo, who was Selma. The, uh, Selma, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, we didn't get to Flo yet. Ugh. Selma is the other bailiff. She's the older one. Oh, she's a million. She smokes cigarettes constantly. constantly. She thinks they're all fucking idiots. Oh, yeah. And she's not wrong. She's got some of the best lines, too. Oh, she's my favorite character. She is. Without a shadow of a doubt. And so, but which, what I was getting on earlier about the Night Court curse, kind of, mm-hmm. was that, so in the first season, you had Selma, who was the old bailiff. And then she, the actress, passes away of lung cancer. Yep. So they replace her in the second season, which you haven't seen yet, with Flo. Well, Flo is kind of another Selma-y type character. A little softer, but like still that feisty older lady. She died after like a season of lung cancer. Two seasons. Mm -hmm. And then they brought in Marsha Warfield, Mm -hmm. who ran for the rest of it. And Marsha Warfield also is just awesome. I cannot wait until we get to the episodes with that. But like, okay, and then the the lawyers. Uh-huh. And the first season is kind of a revolving cast of defense attorneys. Well, just in the first episode, the rest of them, in the pilot, it has a two different women playing one attorney and the court clerk. Right. But then after from the second episode onward throughout the first season, it's then the same two women playing them. Right. And she, I want to say, doesn't stick around for very long because she gets replaced by Marky Post. Yeah. Who I think Marky Post comes in season three from what I saw. I believe she comes in in season three. And Marky Post is just another phenomenal actress who just shows up. Mm-hmm. Like she was just in uh, Santa Clarita Diet, the new season. Oh, yeah. She's the woman whose house they're uh, they're vying for to try to sell. Dude, how good is Santa Clarita Diet? Santa Clarita Diet is the shit. It's so good. So good. I mean, oh, man, I could not recommend it more highly. Yeah, it's on Netflix. Bum, bum. <laughs> and it's perfect for us because it's a comedy sitcom. With zombies. Family kind of horror-y. Yeah. It's perfect. That's so Like good. when I introduced you to Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Also really good in spite of myself. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Okay. And then, so I, whatever, the, the character I'm really trying to get to is Dan Fielding. Yeah. John Larroquette. John, he plays such a scumbag, but he does it so well. So well, in fact, that he won so many Emmys that he pulled his name from consideration because every year he was winning the Emmy for yeah. best best actor, yeah. best supporting actor. Forner, he also didn't want to be typecast as a scumbag. Yeah, so that was the other reason he pulled his name out of consideration. But like, he was he, good at it. Has he ever? He's just like Dabney Coleman. Has he ever not played a scumbag? Oh yeah. Yeah, I think currently he's on that show, The Librarians. I have no idea what that is. Yeah, neither do I, but there was this big push to keep it going, and I didn't know about it until that big push. Mm. But now that I know it's a John Larroquette joint, <laughs> I'm going to push for it to succeed just so I can I can watch it. He's in some other time travel show recently. I just feel like he just always plays like a smarmy, mean asshole, and I'm just not into it. I super, well, no, the John Larroquette show. Well, okay, kind of did on the John Larroquette show. But it was – he's just so good. He's just so good and I think very underrated. As is Harry. Harry Anderson. Yeah, I really agree with you there. Who is kind of – I mean it's an ensemble show, but he's kind of the de facto star of it. Yeah. Oh, he's the, I mean he's the main character because like all hinges on him. Right. And the action starts with him, which is 
backs my my friend's theory that Rachel is the main character. <laughs> yeah, which I talk about all the time. All the you. time. Uh, so, but so Harry Anderson, I also loved because he's a like a comedy magician mm-hmm. and like really good. But like really good at like the the um, kind of con man persona, uh-huh. which, which he, he plays in Cheers. In Cheers, <laughs> which I also introduced you to from my childhood. Very correct. He plays Harry the Hat in Cheers. Harry the Hat, and yeah. it was going on the same time that he was playing Harry on Night Court. And they were on the same. They were like kind of NBC's yeah. first like must watch. Yeah, they were Thursday, both. Yeah, which Friends was also on. Which Friends was also on. <laughs> it all comes so, back to Friends. So, but honestly, like Harry Anderson, uh, he just. So great in the show. Oh, I just think he's great. Did you? It appears we read all of the same information, but did you see that he was thirty-one playing a thirty-four-year-old? Like the big like uh, storyline in the first season is uh, trying to figure out how old Harry is, or I guess it's just in one episode, and they're all like trying to guess, and Harry gets his bet in too, and then obviously wins because it's him. Right. But so he's thirty-four in it, playing a judge, and. Mm -hmm. We're pretty young for a judge, though. I mean, and that's the whole thing. Um, but the actor, so Harry Anderson, when he started, was only 31. Oh, wow. Which I thought was interesting, and it's like the opposite of all of my favorite shows, 90210, Dawson's Creek. Where it's all geriatrics playing high school. Okay, shows. relax. Right. They're far younger than we are now. All right. Relax. Right. Okay. Yeah. Maybe not Andrea Zuckerman. She she was she it wasn't great. I think her grandkids cameoed on that. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, but I just thought that was so interesting. And did you also know that the character of Harry was written as having the name Harry and being a magician before they cast Harry? Yeah. Wow. Isn't that weird? That is weird. But it probably gave him a big leg up in the whole audition yeah, process. That's true. <laughs> I imagine if somebody was casting right now for a uh, you know. A fat thirty-nine-year-old uh, guy named Mike <laughs> who likes cats. Yeah, I, I would probably be a shoe-in for that show. Yeah, and I would also watch that show. I feel like you'd be up against Seth Rogen a little bit. I think I'm older than Seth Rogen and far fatter than Seth Rogen is. <laughs> he's thin these days. He's thin. But days. I feel like you know if they're like if you if there are two actors going in for a part, it would be you and him, right? Uh, I was just Jonah Hill or Jonah Hill. Yeah. All right. The younger Seth Rogen. Yeah, the younger Seth Rogen. I think it's still. <laughs> See, I think if I was up for a part and it was me against Jonah Hill in a wig, I think that would be stiff competition. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> I don't you know. Are gorgeous. Um. So Harry is just such a great character. He really is, and I love how he got his judgeship. Because he was home. Yeah. Right? Because they went through the entire list and nobody answered the phone. Yeah. The, the exiting mayor had like his last day in office was like, ah, oh, fuck it. I'll just get another judge on the bench. Who cares? Right. For night court. For night court. And he couldn't find anyone on a Sunday afternoon. And so, bam, he got the job. Which... And then he's so open about it. I just love it. I just think he's, he's, he's kind of a whimsical character. And I don't feel like you see a ton of whimsical dudes on TV. That's very true. He was very whimsical. He's full of whimsy. But still being like a grown-up. He, you know, he's not like, right. a, or like a Schmidt or like a Joey or something. No, like, he, he pulls out his adultness when he's like working his judicial magic. Yeah. He like, he, I mean, in this first season And he's alone, wise. Oh, it's great. He convinces a kid uh, to stop giving death threats to people because his dad got locked up by saying that he had the kid, like the dad's file in his top drawer Mm -hmm. and that he remembers, uh, the guy saying, uh, like, please, your honor. I know I did what I did was wrong. Um, I love my son, like with all my heart. Um, I just want to make sure that he's okay. And then Harry was saying like, so that's why I remember your father saying these words and these beautiful words that stuck with me. And that's I have his file in the top of my my uh, drawer. Wait, this was the Michael J. Fox episode? No, this was the one with the little kid who oh, was yeah, yeah, the yeah, shoeshine yeah, yeah. kid the that Dan was kid. like yeah. stiffen. He like stiffed him for 50 cents because he said he couldn't break 100. He's such an asshole. I, he is so my – I wish he was written off the show <laughs> so bad. But he's so good. He's, he's so good, good at playing that. But I don't – like as you know, as I talk about every episode on this, like – I don't want any of the conflict. Like, I just want, like, the wacky, zany fun, and I don't want the, like, right. I don't need the foil, I don't need the villain, I don't need, like, any of that bullshit. 
Right. And he's just that to me. I'm like, ugh. But, yeah, but he, I think he brings that element to it. And, like, what he, they make him – right now in the first season, he's just kind of a lechy guy. And, like, there's that scene where it's, like, the international swimsuit competition people are in court. Ugh, I hated that episode. That episode uh, and, was so and, misogynistic and gross. Uh, totally. Uh, even for, like, 1982 or whenever this came out, it was still pretty bad. But the whole, like the, one of the jokes was that Dan was trying to like give them directions to give to a cab driver to take them to his apartment. Yeah, which is the first time that I started thinking like well, was the first time that Dan really comes off as a lech, and they kind of build his character to be that later in the show. But it was the first time that something dawned on me watching it was like, well, what time does Night Court get out? Like, what time does Night Court right. stop? Right. It's and, like, a, is it like a, I bet it's like a swing shift. I had always just assumed that it was made up for the show. Me too. Like, I had always just assumed that Night Court is was just a thing. Like, yeah. Like, they made that up like, hey, what would, what, would, what would be happen if we took all these wacky characters and put them in a courtroom overnight? Yeah. But. But so, it reminds me of that episode of Boy Meets World where Cory and Topanga try to go to another county to get married, like, in the middle of the night. And they do talk to a judge in, like, a really small town. So that's, like – but I still thought it was made up. I totally – See, that's the thing is I don't think they have night court in other cities. No, I don't really either. Because after I looked it up, um, and there is night court. In New York, there is – at one time, there was three continual courts that were going. So there was, like, regular day court ran from, like, 9 to 5. There was one that went from, like, 5 until midnight or Mm -hmm. something. And then, or maybe it was like 10 to 5, 5 to midnight, and mm-hmm. then one that went from midnight until 5 a.m. <laughs> so, like, they were just churning people through yeah. it. And so it, what I'm wondering is, for the night court, are they working the shift that starts at, like, 5 and working, getting off at midnight? Because Because they're always talking about, they're not, I remember them talking about going and grabbing a drink after work. Yeah. And, like, I think even at the time in New York, like, bars were closing at, like, like 4 a.m. or something. Yeah. Probably. Right. I mean, I don't know the 1980s laws in New York. From from movies and TV, it feels as if it was a fairly lawless environment. Well, yeah, yeah. Which is why the show works. I get it. But the, the show. I, but this, do we have it? Like, because they always talk about people like being arraigned. See, if, I, you know, if someone's like like a like a celebrity arrested for like a DUI or whatever, they're right. like processed and arraigned. Yeah. So I. But that's the thing is I don't know. Thankfully, a lot about the judicial system. Hey, lawyer friends. Yeah. We need help. We're looking for a legal expert (laughs) to advise on hypothetical televised situations. Oh, yeah. You know who should ask? Uh, Angela or Colin, Dana, Dennis, or Ashley, Ashley, my cousin Ashley, who's an assistant assistant district attorney in Butte County. Mm Mm-hmm. Which I'm some Butte County should have a night court because they've got a lot of meth and stabbings. Okay, maybe don't denigrate this <laughs> county thing. <laughs> Just shitting all cool, over dude. Gilroy over Butte God, County. Yeah. <laughs> oh man! But I really want to know. I mean, I, re- I really need to know that. Uh, if you'd like to contact us, we're at Pop Goes the Weasels Podcast at Gmail dot com, or also you can text us because you're our friends. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I have, like, a lot of questions about the legality of the show. Let me also say, in all the things I'm saying, this was far and away my favorite thing you've picked. That, I was just going to say that, that this is the first one that we've picked that we both loved. Loved. Yeah. We both enjoyed Labyrinth. I didn't lo- – I mean, it, like, just isn't yeah. – But, like, I loved this, and I can't wait to watch more. There are some uh-huh. episodes, of course, that don't hold up that are, like, misogynistic or racist or, like, just, like – but like yeah. so are so like I think Friends is so much more problematic than this show. Friends is a lot more problematic than this show. This was I mean this was like I guess Friends was a primetime show too like in the 90s. Yeah, it was just more recent. I mean it ended in the 2000s. Like right. it's so this is old. I mean not to excuse it ever, but there are a few things that I was like, "Oh god, I really don't like this." But generally I just thought it was such a great show and then like trying to actually like do a little bit of research about it since we had, you know, a month. Yeah. Um I have to read you how Harry is described his character on, I think, IMDb. Okay. Okay. Judge Harold Harry T. Stone, a young, baby-faced, good-humored jurist and amateur magician whose parents were former medical patients. I'm sorry, mental patients. Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) Oops. (laughs) 
I even put I even put my writing in a big font, and I still can't see that. You know what? That because uh, there there was one episode yeah. where the lady shows up and convinces them that uh, or tries to convince them that she was his mom, mm-hmm. and it turns out she was just lonely, and her son wasn't paying enough attention to her, so she got arrested because she read an article about Harry right. being the young judge. Yeah, and yeah. It does feel like the kind of show that's going to come into its stride more. Like, it's like, I really enjoyed this just because it's just, like I said, a delightful, wacky cast of characters. But it's sort of like Parks and Rec in that way where the first season is like, I get that this is going to be really good. Yeah. Yeah. So, I know I totally agree with you on both fronts of that. I think that, like, Parks and Rec season two and and on, Uh pure gold. It's been so long since I've seen Night Court at all. That I uh, I'm really curious to see kind of that development now through new eyes mm-hmm. um, or old eyes rather. <laughs> <coughs> Pardon me, but yeah, it's just so lighthearted and it's so good natured and just fun. Yeah, and like you like all the characters that are on it. Well, well, like, I mean, you didn't like Dan, <laughs> but like Bull, I can't get enough of Bull. Oh, I can't get enough of I Bull. Not get enough of Bull. So Bull is the. Uh, court or uh, the bailiff, yeah. who is they always talk about how what an oaf he is and how tall he is and how he's a giant. And I get, but I looked at him in relation to all the other characters and I was like, I mean, he looks tall. He's probably like six two or six three. And then do you remember when we looked it up? Yeah, he's six eight. He's right? six eight. Yeah. But the so the other dude, so John Larroquette and Harry Anderson must also be They're very like tall. They're like six three and six four or something. Yeah. Like. It's so funny. And so then Selma, the amazing, amazing other bailiff, who's just the just most delightful old curmudgeonly bitch. She just ball of fire. I love her. I yeah. just love her. Um it makes their size difference look so crazy, but I thought right. she was just tiny. You know, like it just it's but it like fucked with my whole perspective. Right. <laughs> right. Very no, that strange. did I kind of got that because in my head though, as a kid, I thought of Bull as like this giant towering like guy and he is and he is (laughs) but like that's why so as an actor i think before this he was in this movie called dragon slayer that was big on the sword and sorcery oh god you know we'll call back to beastmaster (laughs) god but he had this he played a character that was like this in my it's been a long time since i've seen it but he was like a blood demon maybe and he was just this giant dude covered in blood (laughs) like just ripping just covered in blood and he was just big, tall, towering guy. And the other, the next other thing that I saw him in, other than Night Court, was this movie House, which I really love. And uh, it's on my list for you to watch as well. It's kind of it's another comedy horror movie. Okay. But it's got Richard Mull in it. It's got George Went, who plays Norm on Cheers. Okay. Uh, and it's got William Cat is the star of it, who was the star of, as you know, one of my favorite shows growing up. Greatest American Hero, about the science teacher who found the alien super suit and lost the instructions so he could fly, but he would, like, run into shit. (laughs) And he was afraid of heights, so he'd only fly, like, 10 feet off the ground. And I love the premise of that show. Yeah. I'm I'm open to watching that. Oh, yeah. Um, But so Richard Mull, like, when I saw him as these other characters, it kind of took me back a little bit because I knew him as Bull. Yeah. Like, this big, lovable guy that, like, just seemed like the coolest dude. That he just, like, is basically going to adopt a kid when the mom abandons it. Yeah, there's, so there's, yeah, that episode where they all thought, were trying to figure out why Bull was so tired. And, like, they were trying to offer him money. Like, maybe he was working a second job. Yeah. And, like, but also, it's really weird. They're like, hey, do you want some more money? Yeah, but, well, no. I mean, friends would do that. But then he, they show yeah, up. They're colleagues. They're colleagues. Many of whom who just met. It's right, weird. exactly. They will it's really weird. One. So they show up in his house, though, and I loved Bull's house, or his apartment, because if you remember, <laughs> they had, like, a rubber flap on the top of the door, uh-huh. because his head was so big, the, the the inference was that he had smashed his head through yeah. it, so they just replaced it with, like, what, like a mud flap. Yeah. <laughs> but then, on the inside of his apartment, all of the doorways yeah. were just not, didn't have mud flaps, they were just smashed to shit, yeah. like, with head-sized holes. Yeah, that they, they looked like, like... Negative space eggs. Right. Like and with then, cracks. With cracks. And then his couches were made out of concrete. <laughs> yeah. Because they're cheap and durable. Yeah. It's so great. <laughs> but they do really like lay it on thick with built with bowl. <laughs> it's wild. With this giant O-fish guy. But he's so great. He's so great. Yeah. 
I mean, everything about this show is great. The ah, it's just it's so funny, and I'm really glad. I was I wasn't surprised that you loved it, but I was really glad that you did. Uh-huh. I thought you would be. I didn't think we'd make it through the entire season, uh-huh. especially when the first episode that we watched was on Christmas of this last year. And, and you were so sick, and we were learning to play backgammon, and like right. we were. Well, we were trying. I was deathly ill. You were so sick, and trying to play backgammon in our bed while watching Night Court. <laughs> and I just never thought that it would stick, and they would be like all really cranked. In terms I'm of cranked Night for Night Court. But I like, was cranked for Erie, Indiana too. Erie, Indiana is another great one that I was shocked, shocked to find out there was only one season of it. Yeah. I mean, I guess they did like another bullshit, like more tales from Erie yeah. Indiana later, but it's not. It's not the same thing. Uh, maybe it is. I don't know. Yeah. Um, hey, you know what we haven't talked about? The theme song? The goddamn theme song. I will tell you what, this theme song... Oh my god, we, we didn't even plan this. Oh, no. That we, wasn't like a cool segue we were planning. No, but... In our high production value podcast in our living room. But it did, like I want to do on different uh, shows that we do, I have downloaded the theme songs from what we're watching as ringtones. Uh, I think I want this one as a ringtone. I love it's, this one so It is much. so good. Uh, so the Night Court theme song, this is like the Muzak version of it on my phone, but it is... So good. It's like bassy and funky and like, well, well, here you go. Yeah. I mean, this is a great theme song. I'm bopping now. (laughs) See, it is... It's a delightful theme song. Also, we would sing it every single episode, and every I love time. doing it. Oh, yeah. But then I would sometimes do it at the wrong time, and you would literally look at me <laughs> and either shake your head or wag your finger mm-hmm. or say, no, no. No, no. There's no <laughs> at the last, at the end of the song. You I think know, there's going to be? But there's, but there's not. not. Oh, it's so good. Even the theme song just is just it's so, so good. It's delightful. Oops. Um, were you aware... <clears throat> That the theme song was sampled for the remix to Cameron's 1998 single Horse and Carriage. I was not aware of that. Featuring Big Pun, Wyclef, and Silk the Shocker. Horse and Carriage? Yeah. Okay, so I'm not familiar with this with this tune. I don't know if I am either. I'm going to look it up. But, uh, so wait a sec. So Horse and Carriage was, because that's like, that's like the theme song to Married with Children. Love and marriage. Oh yeah. Love and Maybe both are on marriage. Goes together like a horse and carriage. So like I can understand that oh wait, why I can understand everybody wanting a sample this theme song. Yeah. Let's listen to it. Okay. And this is Cameron? Uh-huh. And Silky Smooth? Silk the Shocker and White Clap. Oh Silk the Shocker, Pond. yeah. And they sampled Nightcore for this? Apparently. I can't hear it yet. Huh. Huh. The uh, album art for it is also really good. I'm going to go ahead and uh, post that on our Instagram. So somewhere in there is uh, they sampled Nightcore, mm-hmm. which I'm surprised hasn't been sampled a thousand times over. I agree. Um, it's such a – I just love the show. Um, which kind of, you know, when we both like something, yeah, it's kind of hard to like riff on it more because like, like it's I, so good. It's so good. Like with Babysitter's Club, I wanted to tear into Christy. I'll say. Uh, and with Beastmaster, you had no shortage of contempt <laughs> for the every single element, for the rapiness and the loincloths of it. Oh, and the story and the acting. Not and, the music, though. I love the music and I love the animals. I still like the fact that they kicked an eagle out of a hot air balloon. Tonight. You didn't love anything about Babysitter's Club, and I will say, after that episode, this podcast became less fun. <laughs> <laughs> Just by a little bit. Okay. But no, I totally agree with you. But it does make it... It makes it more fun, though, yeah. in a way that we, we both actually like this. Yeah, I think it also raises the stakes for trying to keep up the with next something. choice. Yeah, it does. I know. So, like, um, hey, do, I'm sorry. Do you know 
what the creator's name is of Night Court? Reinhold Weege. Reinhold Weege is the most amazing name. Reinhold Weege created... He's got a great name, created a great show, got a great theme song for it, amazing cast. Reinhold fucking Weege. I can't believe that name. I, You know what, though? I Honestly, I, I love that name, and it, I, I'd seen it so many times, and I, it didn't... Like, I didn't think of it as a weird name, because... Uh-huh. And, but also, I think it, I, I think I used to think it was Reinhold Wedge. Yeah, well, yeah. But like, Weege, Wedge, whatever. I want to know if he created anything else. I'm sure he did, and that would have been really great to know before I started talking about this. But <laughs> he, if he put this together, I'm just assuming that whatever else he did afterwards He's was just probably a goddamn awesome. genius. Yeah. He definitely created something else. Uh, maybe like Hogan's Heroes. I don't know. Some other show I don't know anything about. That's don't think it was Hogan's Heroes. Okay. Which is the basis uh, of that movie, Autofocus, I tried to get you to watch. Oh, yeah, no, no. Is the star of Hogan's Heroes, which also takes place in a Nazi internment camp uh, as a comedy. Maybe that wasn't Reinhold Weege. Yeah. The guy who started Bob Crane, I guess, used to like to, like, I don't know, he used to go film him ba- himself banging chicks, I think. And Willem Dafoe. Was in the movie, Willem not the not Defoe. Willem Dafoe wasn't out banging chicks with Bob Crane. He just played the guy that was doing it in the movie. After my uh, whole thing about uh, whoever I disparaged really bad on one of our last episodes, I really wanted to clear that up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Van Morrison, Barney Miller. Oh yeah, another great show. We can throw that Barney Miller. Barney uh, that even had a spinoff. Fish, a pagoda. From one of you and your dad's favorite movies? Yes, from The Godfather. I do yeah. know Abe Vigoda is from The Godfather. Yeah. He was also Fish in both Fish <laughs> and the show it spun off of, Barney Miller. I like that each time you say Fish, you also give a couple of thumbs up. Yeah, Fish. It's nice. That's yeah, fun to say. Abe Vigoda rocks. And, and nice to eat. So, yeah, Fish. Fish. Um, what else do you want to... I, I mean, my my closing thoughts on Night Court, delightful show, highly recommend. Highly recommend. Honestly. It, it's... Can't wait for season two. We got it on DVD. I know, and three. And three. Yeah, I, uh... I don't... Like, I feel like there are a lot of, like, podcasts I really like, and, like, audiobooks, and some TV shows. Uh-huh. But generally, like, I'm really enjoying watching things that aren't current or recent. I'm really enjoying that, too. It's been quite refreshing. It feels like a real escape. Right, and because we, we got Hulu, so we've been watching Cheers. Uh, oh, and Bob's Burgers. Bob's I Burgers. hate adult cartoons. I hate them. And Bob's Burgers is just so great. Yeah. Bob, yeah. It really tickles my you, funny bone. I've, I've often tried to get you to watch uh, South Park Ugh. or uh, Family Guy. Hard Pass. American Dad. Ew. Uh, Rick and Morty. I don't think so. But Bob's Burgers, you're all about. I can't get enough. Partially because the guy who voices Linda, the mom, has some of the best YouTube videos in the world that right. my creepo friends and I oh, yeah, this in is college <laughs> tried to lure to come hang out with us in our apartment right. by making it seem like we had like we were booking him for a show. And then he was like, oh, well, where, where will I be playing, like, how, like performing, like how many people? And my friend Jill and I were like, uh, I mean, I don't know, probably like maybe like 10, maybe, I don't know, eight. And like he then, <laughs> as he should have, stopped responding because that's so creepy. I think we right. like slid into his DMs like before that was the thing. Like I think we like messaged him on YouTube. Wow. I trying think, to coerce yeah, this guy to come to you. Yeah. To that's come like to your illegal. sorority house. Or was no, it wasn't my sorority house. No, we were in our dirt, shitty, gross, disgusting apartment senior year. Or the furniture all came there, and our couch had two out of three cushions. So people just had to sit in the frame, the like dip of the frame. This apartment was horrifying. No, we tried to get him to come like to our horrifying apartment. Right. And, okay. Uh, what college were you going to? At this <laughs> I was going to Colgate University. Colgate University. <laughs> That's correct. We also we also did a lot of work, I guess. Um, right. And so he does basically the same voice in Bob's Burgers that he does in his "My Son Is Gay" and Christmas Tree video. Mm-hmm. And so it's such a like delightful throwback from that perspective too. Yeah. I feel like we've been having a lot of, like, the creepy things my friends and I did in college, like burying a doll for someone to find. 
was creepy too. That was insane. With a note. <laughs> you buried a doll. Yeah. That you, like a witch doll. Yeah. That you said dirty. looked like one of your friends. <laughs> then buried her in the backyard with a note so that future <laughs> generations of your sorority sisters could find it. It was our freshman year dorm, but yes, potato, freshman. potato. Yeah, I know. Whatever. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> uh, fair enough. I think that was our first one of the episode. Hey, that was our first one. Fair enough. And you said it. You got a drink. I don't, I'm not drinking that. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. Ah, okay. Well, anyhow, anyway, uh, <laughs> this went off the rails. Closing, I would just got to say, Night Court uh, totally holds up. It yes. is, I loved it as much now as a 39 year old as I did as a nine year old <laughs> yeah. and younger. Um, it's just fucking great. It's great on the first time through. And that's the issue with watching kids' movies, too, I think, is that, like, like Goonies. Like, I've never seen it, and I know if I watch it, I'll be like, eh, that was cute, but it like, won't, like, resonate because I want the, like, memories, the, like, I think emotional you'll still memories. love Goonies. Of course you think that because you love Goonies. But Everybody I think loves this show Goonies. looks is just great on, on first watch. I agree. The other thing that's cool we can, <laughs> we can offer, uh, since no one can stream it, we're happy to lend out our DVDs and a DVD player to anyone who would like to watch Night Court. <laughs> That's right. I, I did a deep dive trying to find it. I know. It's impossible. The, uh, Night Court and uh, Season 7 or whatever of Road Rules, whatever one you were talking about. The Seattle No, one? the rural Seattle. Oh, I want it so bad. Those two are impossible to find impossible, streaming. It's insane. I can understand the Road Rules thing. But, like, actually, that seems like it would be easier to find. But Night Court is so beloved by so many people. Beloved <laughs> by so many people. Beloved. Okay. All right. That uh, it shocks me that it's hard to find. But I do yourself a favor. Go and pick up Night Court. Just You can just borrow ours. Just, just borrow ours. <laughs> Our Watch the shit out of it. Oh, wait, wait. Before we go, I got I to gotta tell you. So on Twitter, I reached out to... Uh, Marky Post and a Marsha Warfield, who are like the only two cast members of Night Court on Twitter. Oh my gosh. I re- reached out to them. Uh, shocker. No response from either one. Which which hurt me a little bit because Marky Post had actually given me a thanks, Mike, once on one of the tweets uh, that I... Uh, so you're had. regularly tweeting at Marky Post. Yeah, I am. <laughs> All right. Uh, you're delightful. What kind of things do you... Do you just like tell her about your day? Um, hey, no. Marky, had tuna today. <laughs> First off, it's Miss Post. <laughs> hey, Miss Post, it's um, me again, Mike. No, uh, it, she had makes some pretty great little political comments, and nice. and and uh, I liked one of them, and then I think I started following. That's why I found out she was on Twitter. <laughs> okay, all right, we're getting really anyways, deep. Into anyways, this. <laughs> so anyways, I messaged her uh, asking uh, if she would be interested in providing some comments on this. <laughs> Before I realized that we were watching the first season and she's not even in it until the third. Oh, that's dumb. Yeah. And then I also reached out to Marsha Warfield, uh, who also wasn't in the the first season. Would you say you slid into their DMs? Am I using that right? I don't know that you are and I don't know that I want to know. (laughs) I'm not like trying to do it. I just like. (laughs) (laughs) I just really like the term. It makes me feel young. But no, I was. And you know what I just found out, though, is uh, like just last week. Earlier this week, uh, which won't matter when you guys are listening to this. (laughs) If uh, anyone ever listens to it. But sometime uh, in the last week of when we're recording this was actually Marsha Warfield's birthday. (laughs) And I said, happy birthday, Marsha Warfield, on Twitter. (laughs) And it was great. I mean, I think no like. She's a busy lady. She's a busy lady. um, But yeah, uh, Night Court is just the bee's knees. It's a great show. I will can now stop harassing uh, the stars of the seasons we haven't even got to yet. Yeah. Oh, I also reached out to some other group that now follows me called uh, Night Court Forever <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> oh, I forgot. Yeah. I even sent them a message. Oh they followed me. And I sent them a message saying, hey, my wife and I are doing this podcast. We're going to be talking about Night Court. Would you like to throw anything in? And like, <laughs> Nothing. Fucking crickets. I don't feel like they have that much going on, Night Court Forever. I wonder, you have been cultivating a nice little Night Court online presence. That's cool. I have been. I'm really building up my Night Court, Night Court street cred. You are. All right. Anyways, that's got to be it. That's got to be it. Uh, well, you can listen to this on our website, which is popgoestheweasels.com. That's right. Popgoestheweasels.com. 
coming soon to Spotify, uh, iPod, we hope. iPod playlists. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, Apple Podcasts. App- we hope we can't figure out how to get it on there. It's we need so much help. Uh, Apple, such dicks. Anyways, um, it's somewhere. Uh, it's <laughs> if you're listening to this, you already knew how to find it. So like, whatever. Uh, obviously, it wasn't a problem for you. We are so professional. We really are. We're getting better. Uh, starting up here pretty soon, we're having we're gonna have an audio engineer uh, and photographer. So yeah. it's uh, <laughs> shout out to uh, Maddie, Matt Sin, who's gonna be uh, doing our audio engineering, as it were, and uh, some photography. Some really highly. Just we're just increasing the production value is, is all we're doing. It's, we take this really seriously. We recording once a month. We well, we're gonna get back on our schedule. But again, we watched an entire season. I don't know what I'm gonna make you watch next. I think I do. I think I do. Okay, what are you gonna make me watch next? What do you think? What's it down to? I really want us to watch Trading Mom, but I think it's gonna be another issue of locating a way to watch it. Oh, that's because like I couldn't find even it. find it on like VHS. So like, Ooh. it's 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 a tough ask. Okay, with Sissy Spacek, it's basically the same movie. Either Trading Mom uh, or North, both of which are about kids who decide they want new families and then get to like try yeah. on other families. I've seen North, the yeah. Bruce Willis uh, vehicle. Yeah, it was a weird subgenre of yeah. '90s movies that, as a well-adjusted kid with delightful parents, I was so like shocked by. Ah. Uh. And so, like, interested in. So, anyway, that's what I'm hoping for. So, we'll we'll see. Whatever we're getting through, though, soon. I've got it narrowed down to two. Oh, God. For the next ones. Okay. Oh, God, keep it. Tell me well, next time. You don't want to know now? No, no. All right. got to get through mine. Keep it guessing. All right. <laughs> uh, bye. Well, bye. Bye. <laughs>